Get Pokemon! Uh, they can't see it. It's a podcast. Never mind! Best way Hello and welcome to Hitting Play, the podcast where we review, analyze, and discuss shows, movies, and other curiosities. I am Scott, and who will co-host with me this week? Uh, Lily, I choose you, I guess. (laughs) Gee, that was very enthusiastic. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) And joining us from the giant poke stop formerly known as Australia is Hamish. Hi, I'm Hamish. (laughs) Well, thanks for coming back. Uh, This week, we watched the Japanese animated series about a young man in his quest to become the world's best master and trainer of a variety of powerful little creatures, a franchise that took the world by storm a few times, Pokemon. Now, more specifically, we watched the first episode of the first series entitled Pokemon I Choose You, or its original Japanese title, Pokemon Kimi ni Kimita. Just rolls off the tongue. Yes. This, so, Pokemon is the longest-running television series based on a video game, and the longest-running show ever on American Network Kids WB. Wow. Just a little factoid. Uh, and despite this being done in a Japanese anime art style, the show was originally made for American audiences. So, the characters are animated for the English so when you look at the Japanese episodes, the mouths of the characters don't match the Japanese, which is very interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you definitely would think that it's foremost for their markets and then kind of adapted for the rest of the world. Pokemon was far more popular in Western culture. Now, the uh, the episode that we're watching, it's from the first Pokemon series, which has since been rebranded to Pokemon Indigo League. So you know, yes. that, that kind of created a little confusion. I'm looking on Netflix and I... I searched Pokemon and it didn't have it, but as a related title, it had Pokemon Indigo League. But this is the first season. And every season after that kind of had its own name and there's certain chapters. Wikipedia has a huge breakdown of all the seasons and everything and what they're called. And yeah, it's uh, it's a little confusing, but this is basically the origin, the, the, the very first episode. Yes, these are based off the first two games that released, I guess, in the U.S., I'm just going to generalize because I don't know for other places, but Pokemon Red and Blue, which came out in uh, 1996 and 1997, uh, all those uh, later seasons that Scott was talking about uh, are rebranded to fit to a specific generation of Pokemon games. We're like on our seventh generation of Pokemon game, (laughs) and this isn't talking about any of the Mystery Dungeon games or the mobile app that was just released. And even after the release of the show, they put out another Pokemon game, Pokemon Yellow, which is a reskin of Red and Blue, except more tailored to the TV show specifically. No, I just remember that one. Uh, I think that was, that was one where you, for some reason, just had Pikachu with you. Instead of just being a Pokeball, he was just hanging around with you. But wasn't there also um, uh, a Pokemon Green as well? Uh, there is a Pokemon Green. No, because I remember a mate of mine back in high school, uh, he, you know, high school was the peak time to be wheeling and dealing games uh he he actually had uh, yellow and he also had green which i believe i think the, the logic part of it was like i think his cousin got it for him when he was overseas oh okay yeah you know, which which is where all things come from you know overseas and from your cousin <laughs> yes absolutely 
I, I think red and green were initially released in Japan. It wasn't yeah, like emerald like or anything? No, that was third generation. Okay. This is first. Uh, or Hamish's friend bought a can of spray paint and decided to have fun with his friends. <laughs> Look what I got, guys. Uh, I think the only way you could distinctively know the difference between those the, the game you're playing is that if you played it on Game Boy Color, the, the screen... Uh, or uh, just just the screen itself would be like blue, red, or green mm -hmm. tinted. That's the only way I could know the difference. I mean, beyond actually looking at the cartridge. Yeah. Uh, it was like, you look over someone's shoulder, it's like, oh yeah, you're playing red. And oh yeah, you're playing blue. <laughs> I mean, I distinctively know my, my one was blue because I had the blue one. Yeah. <laughs> and I played yellow, even though I was very young when it came out. But later, I did play yellow. And I never played these games. I, I had a, a Game Boy. I, I had the original Game Boy when it came out in 1992. But that's just a game I decided for some reason not to get into. And a lot of my friends did. They really were all in on all of the merchandise. But yeah, just never got into it. I don't know. Well, you, you didn't like the idea of people using animals to fight? I didn't even think of it that way, to be honest with you. And to me, it was just like, all right, you... You have to take turns with the moves? No, I'd rather play Street Fighter 2 Turbo where you can just go all out against somebody at the same time and try to beat them that way. I don't know. It was just uh, not intuitive to me, I guess. So you weren't really into like, like Final Fantasy or something like that? No, I never played any of those either. I gotcha. So you're <laughs> you're an action person. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. You think I'm more into puzzle games. You think this would kind of be a little bit closer to what I was into, but yeah. So I did look it up and... Pokemon Red and Green were released in Japan as Red and Green, and then they redid the series as Blue, which was then released in North America as Red and Blue together as a package deal rather than one before the other. Ah, okay. So we never saw Green. Only in our dreams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, the episode we watched for this episode of the podcast, Pokemon I Choose You, was written by Shoji Yunimura, and uh, in English it was translated by Paul Taylor. Directed by Masamitsu Hidaka, it originally aired on Japan's TV Tokyo on April 1st, 1997, and then in the U.S. on September 8th, 1998. And I believe in Australia as well, it also had a, a 1998 debut. Yeah, and I think that debut was actually on a, a TV show, uh, Cheese TV, here in Australia. Oh, it was the morning TV show. You've mentioned that before, yeah. Cheese TV. That's pretty funny. <laughs> if you also wanted to watch Dragon Ball Z, you could watch it on Cheese TV as well. Yeah, kind of like we had Kids WB, as Lily mentioned, and that's yeah, I think that's where Dragon Ball Z and yep. Animaniacs and Freakazoid and Static Shock and all those pretty much aired. Did you guys ever get Street Sharks? Oh, of course, yes. <laughs> well, thank, thank God. We're all the same. Yes. Now, at the time of this recording, as Lily mentioned, how long the show's been running, it's currently at 930 episodes and counting. That's crazy. God. 930. It's also spawned 19 movies, 8 TV specials, and there's a whole bunch of side episodes and shorts as well. Of course. <laughs> now, uh, one thing we should mention, too, is the different markets forced the creators to make different cuts. There's been some issues with some of the episodes. Uh, very infamously, uh, there was a, an episode called uh, Deno Senshi Porygon, or Electric Soldier Porygon, and uh, when it aired on December 16th, 1997, more than 635 Japanese children had to be taken to the hospital with epileptic seizures from the uh, very fast-flashing blue and red lights. 
And uh, that was, uh, you know, made worldwide headlines saying, you know, this show could be dangerous to your kids. And I think even The Simpsons made fun of it in their episode where they went to Japan. And uh, there was another episode that was about to be aired during the time of the terrorist attacks in during September 11th. The episode was titled A Scare in the Air and had to be changed to Spirits in the Sky out of respect. And another episode in which a giant Pokemon... Uh, called Attentacruel, was absolutely demolishing skyscrapers, was pulled off the air because that same reason. Wow. And, and strange enough, I think that um, uh, that episode, like a, a clip of the episode, is actually in the opening uh, scene of the show. It is, yes. You know, in, the, in the opening credits, yeah. Oh, interesting. And uh, there's also a cut in this episode that we watched today, but Lily, if you could mention that when we get to it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, it, this show has just been parodied on, like I mentioned on The Simpsons, uh, South Park won an Emmy for their episode, Chin Pokemon, where they, they made fun of the uh, the commercialism of this uh, franchise. It also spawned a lot of imitators, you know, Digimon, and was even Yu-Gi-Oh kind of a, an imitation of this? I think Yu-Gi-Oh was its own thing. Yu-Gi-Oh took itself very seriously. Okay, but that was based on a collectible card game as well, right? Yes, yeah. But that all kind of was in the vein of Magic the Gathering in, in terms of gameplay anyway, right? Yes, yeah. Now, Pokemon itself, it, it was created by a man named Satoshi Tajiri in 1995, and he based it on his hobby of insect collecting, which when you think about it, okay, you could see where maybe he had some time alone in the woods and, and came up with this whole, you know, fantastical story. <laughs> Sorry, it just says like he had time and alone in the woods, insinuating <laughs> he's gone mad. Well, it just makes you think, you know, that's, uh, that's how we got Walden Pond. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> now the name comes from a shortened version of Pocketo Monsuta, or Pocket Monsters. So Pokemon, Pocket Monsters. It, it was accompanied by you know a series of successful video games, as we talked about. It just those games keep getting churned out, and uh, it first started for the Nintendo Game Boy, and then to every subsequent iteration of Nintendo's handheld devices. And, uh, you know, the, the card games, the toys, the merchandising. At one point in the late 90s, there was no getting away from all things Pokemon. Now, we can't talk about Pokemon without mentioning, I think Lily kind of briefly mentioned it earlier, the current worldwide phenomenon known as Pokemon Go. Uh, th this kind of timestamps this episode for listeners. Uh, as we are recording this, it is the number one game in the entire world. Absolutely. So this game is not made by the studio that generally churns out the regular Pokemon games, which would be Game Freak. Instead, I believe it was Nintendo, contracted a small game development studio called Niantic. Mm -hmm. uh, and due to my research, I've figured out that this game studio only has 11 to 50 employees for this one app that is number one in the entire world. Yeah. They were a startup from uh, Google, and then they kind of became their own independent entity. And the way, uh, if, you're, if you're looking at the stocks of uh, Nintendo at the moment, yeah, it's it's gone crazy. It's This one app is literally saving Nintendo. Oh, I, I got all the research here. It, Nintendo has seen a $7.5 billion increase in their market value since this game came out, which hasn't been that long. Its market cap has nearly doubled to $42 billion, and Apple is on course to make $3 billion now over the next two years. Holy, holy flip. <laughs> yeah, absolutely insane. To me, what makes this app so successful is the social aspect, as well as, like, the physical activity. It's making it lose more weight than the 
Yoho Diablo craze. I what? <laughs> what is that? No one remembers the Yoho Diablo? Didn't didn't hit our shores, Amish. <laughs> oh well. See now I'm just being very very I'm region locked from this. Great. <laughs> I think what makes this app so successful is the combination of the physical and social aspects because you can go out in the real world to a pokey stop and see a bunch of other people interested in the same thing you are on their phone catching pokemon when i went to worcester almost 75 percent of the people were walking around with their faces in their phones <laughs> talking about the pokemon that they just caught or like the items that they got at the pokestop which is good that they're outside, like, doing something. Maybe not so good that they aren't as present in reality. But that's just the thing. It's, it's, a, it's a similarity between the Pokemon craze. When it first came out on uh, Game Boy, people had their heads down in a device walking around. Oh, you know, in groups of people. Uh, that's what it was like for me. I mean, you know, kids, their Game Boys on buses or just, you know, standing around the streets playing Pokemon. Especially when you could fight each other and trade Pokemon. Mm. Uh, which you can't do at the moment with Pokemon Go, but uh, apparently there's going to be an update, so you will be able to do this, which is going to make things go even more crazy. Oh my goodness. Uh, but yeah, that's what it, that's just kind of similarity. The devices that we're using now uh, are more complex than what we were using back then, but still the same sort of craze. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it has a lot of positive effects, you know, like like you mentioned, getting out, exercising, getting some fresh air, not you know, moving your legs for once, and not just for Dance Dance Revolution, <laughs> and get you know, getting out there. But the the drawbacks have been uh, well reported in the news. I mean, well, first of all, don't send your kids out there on their own to meet strangers in uh, the park. You know, it's like I've heard people in the middle of the night have gone to areas and. There's just huge gatherings, and sometimes people aren't too Pokemon friendly, and there's been some, you know, criminal incidents. Uh, there's also been reports that people have found dead bodies, have fallen off cliffs, have gotten into car accidents, prompting some cities to even put don't Pokemon and drive on the highway. So, you know, <laughs> with anything, there, there's positive and, and negative effects, and, you know, uh, this has had a lot of positive effects, but people still need to use caution and discretion when playing a game like this. Well, I think the person to blame here is the originator of this entire tactic of walking around aimlessly looking for Pokemon, and that's just Ash Ketchum. Yes. <laughs> you know, he, he, he left, he was out there by himself, a 10-year-old boy, catching Pokemon, surrounded by villains, meeting criminals like Team Rocket, and did he ever get told what to do with the rest of his life? No, he was just trying to catch Pokemon. doesn't matter where they are. He was just trying to reach his goal <laughs> in life. Just catching Pokemon because I don't know if that's a paying job. I didn't. I, I've never seen Ash get money for catching Pokemon. I don't know what Professor Oak's deal in this whole whole thing is. He's just like, here's your license. Go. Yeah. Go and do whatever you like. It's true. It. I don't know what. I just don't know how he survived without money. Yeah, and how does he get his nutrition? I mean, if you think, are all the animals in the Poke Universe Pokemon? Oh, they get eaten. Yeah, what's the meat? Yeah, they eat Pokemon. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> it's it's called life. It's hard. Uh, well, well, that's a, a great introduction to this. Well, why don't we just get into this episode? So we'll start from the very beginning, the origin story of Ash and Pikachu and this whole adventure. L yeah, let's get right into it. So this episode starts with the famous Pokemon theme song. Which has not changed. No. It is still the same theme song. 
And of course, the, the opening lyrics, familiar to many, I want to be the very best like no one ever was. To catch them is my real test, to train them is my cause. And it's, uh, of course, along with this theme song, we see scenes from the cartoon itself featuring Ash and Pikachu and, of course, all various types of Pokemon. At this time, uh, during the show, there were only 150 catchable Pokemon or known Pokemon. Yeah, because then the, the movie came out soon after, and that's where they gave us Mewtwo, which was the, the newest Pokemon to be added. And now, yeah. in the most current iteration of the game series is like over 700 pokemon oh wow oh god <laughs> why <laughs> i have there's that's one thing that stopped me from using the app you know uh I, I i got into pokemon in the huge craze i played the games the cards read the comic books and then i just had to had to walk away from the life <laughs> had to step away you retired master. Away. and now it's come uh, yeah now it's come back and i'm like rambo where it's just like I can't be dragged back into this. It's not my war anymore. <laughs> I mean, not my Pokemon game anymore. I just can't do it. Just, I just can't. <laughs> just a quick side note. In the opening credits, who's the girl at the 45 second mark in the orange dress? I don't know. Let me look if at you guys, it. If I you didn't... go through the, the entire episode, because that's the thing, I was looking at it going, oh, I remember these are scenes from the episode. I'm trying to think of the idea of the logical sense. Like, if this is the first time you ever saw the show, and this is the first episode. What kind of logical sense is the opening credits giving to you? I mean, beyond having some clips from future episodes, there's a quick cut. It goes from when they have, I think, was it uh, Charizard, uh, Wartortle, uh, Venusaur, and then there's like Ash, and it's it's following Pikachu running, and he oh, runs yeah. past a girl in an orange dress. She doesn't appear in the show at all. I don't know. I don't know who she is. Huh? Yeah, I. I can't back you up. I, like, I have no idea. <laughs> Interesting. So maybe from a, an episode that was never aired uh, in our markets or, you know, perhaps cut or from a cut scene. Interesting. Yeah. I have no idea who she is. It's like she's in every one of the opening credits. And it's like, I, I've never seen her. I don't know who she is. She's not Misty. No. Yeah, it's weird. Maybe she's like one of Brock's love interests for a fleeting second. <laughs> Yeah, j judging how Brock meets women, I'm, I'm believing it was a very, very hot second. <laughs> <laughs> so from here, as the episode starts, uh, we get a Game Boy sound effect along with the cropped monochrome scene. It's meant to look similar to the original Pokemon game for Nintendo Game Boy. And in this scene, we see two Pokemon in battle. There's uh, Nidorino, who is a a pink horned creature, and then Gengar, a dark furry ball of anger and hypnotism <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to describe pokemon as i found out that sounds, that sounds like a disgruntled therapist in a weird way <laughs> an angry ball of was it <laughs> i i figured it, it's best to describe it as a dark furry ball of anger and hypnotism i think that aptly describes what we're dealing with here so so basically it's on a quick level where we're all at you've you never got into the pokemon I, I was hooked into Pokemon and literally here came to... Oh, you, you came to it a little bit later than us? Yeah, but I absorbed all of this <laughs> after discovering Pokemon, so... I, I'm just more fascinated in more of these descriptions. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, the, the cropped frame now enlarges and color returns to the scene as the two continue to fight. So kind of just transitioning us to the... Uh, real cartoon from the, the video game version of this world. Uh, so here we see the two Pokemon battle. 
And we find out that it's taking place inside of a packed arena in front of a cheering crowd as an announcer is giving the play-by-play. -play. Tons of people here, this is a very big thing. So Gengar uses his power and wins, forcing Nidorino's trainer to recall it in the form of a red beam. The Pokemon trainer then tosses out a green and white Pokeball, replacing the injured Pokemon with Onyx, who is kind of a, a large, rocky, dragon-like snake creature. That's right on the money. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> dragon-like snake creature. You'll have to see this for yourself if you're listening, and of course it's on Netflix, so, you know, check it out there And if you haven't seen it already. We zoom out from this battle to see that it's currently on a TV screen in a bedroom, and the camera turns to the character of Ash, known in Japan as Satoshi, as he's putting on his gloves and introducing himself to the audience in voiceover. Now, uh, <laughs> I'll point out the obvious thing. Ash Ketchum's last name is a play on words. <laughs> Ketchum, as in gotta catch them all. Yep. <laughs> Very thinly veiled. <laughs> oh, that's it. I thought it was about catsup. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just thought he really loved like catsup or ketchup. I just I, I thought that was the whole deal. I really did. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the, here's the thing: when they pull back from that scene, you can see that Ash is a really huge fan of the Pokemon's. Yes. You know, he's, his entire room is adorned with all these tchotchkes and objects and things like that, which is bizarre because later in the episode, he seems like he has no idea what Pokemon are. Yeah. Or yeah. how to catch them or what to do with them. You know, it, it obviously seems like Ash is what you'd call a, was it otaku? Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> what does that mean? Like, what do you think? Of, <laughs> yeah, go, Lily. An extreme fan girl or boy of something without like any real knowledge oh a poser yeah a poser a exactly poser. that's the word okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's definitely that and, and really i'm looking at his room with you know everything is adorned with pokemon and toys and stuff on his shelves really basically showing the kids at home you want to be like ash you want to buy all these pokemon items to make your room look like his you know? I do, I do know. I, I was there. Yeah, we all went it there. worked on me. Mm. <laughs> I resisted. I, I was, here's the funny thing. Like, his hat, his hat only came out later on, like, as a thing you can buy. And I remember a lot of people buying Ash's hat, because it was the coolest thing to have, kids. Be like a 10-year-old kid. Wear a hat. Catch Pokemon, which don't exist in reality. And, and do we know what the symbol is on the hat? I believe no. it's for um, conformity and power <laughs> within the ranks. Ah, okay, sure. We'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> now, back in the episode, as Ash is kind of like introducing himself as Ash Ketchum in voiceover, uh, we get a second voiceover on top of that, as a narrator further explains that he is Ash Ketchum from Pallet Town. And here we get the quick cuts around his room. We see all the, you know, the Pokemon toys and stuff, making it clear that this has been his obsession for a long time. But as we just discussed, uh, maybe he wasn't too invested in that obsession. As Ash's voiceover continues, he explains that he is 10 years old and he can finally get his Pokemon license. Then the narrator jumps in and ex further explains that 10-year-olds can get a beginner Pokemon from Professor Oak, who is the town's Pokemon expert. Alright, so wait a second. <laughs> like I said, I was never really into this show. I never really watched like a full episode until this. Uh, two things. First of all, <laughs> Ash is only 10 years old? Yes. Yeah. I thought he was like a teenager. No. No, are you I crazy? don't think 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't what? think he ages through the entire series. No, but his design changes. Yeah, like we all do. We don't age. We just look a little bit different. Yeah, our design yes. changes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, fun factoid, this year Ash Ketchum turned 29 years old. Wow. Oh, oh he's a year younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> Now, my second thing I have with it, you need a license to collect real Pokemon, right? So that proves that they are dangerous and untrained hands, okay? That, go with me on this. So you got something this powerful and dangerous in age 10 is the threshold? Uh, I think it's what you call, is it a uh, fight or flight situation? <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the kid has to learn how to be an adult, and this is the only way to be an adult, by thrusting him outside to fight animals, wild, wild animals. Now, now, keep in mind, I had to look this up. The legal driving age in Japan is 18, and the legal drinking and smoking age is 20. But no, 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 the most dangerous creatures in the world, that well, that really, that the world has ever known, uh, okay, fourth grade. <laughs> he wants yeah. to be the very best, Scott. <laughs> I you, guess. Get, you gotta start early. You gotta start early, like a gymnast. You a really three, do. A three-year-old might want to be the world's best archer because of Hunger Games, but that doesn't mean they get to use a bow and arrow. <laughs> well, I, I, th I think it stops the kids from getting into the other passion, which is cockfighting. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is essentially the same thing as we'll get into. No, 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 no. no. There's a license involved in this. I think it's a, a whole, a whole different setup, whole different ball game here, whole different bag of fish. Oh my goodness. And Pokemon can't die. That's true. That is yes. That's very big too. And neither can human beings, apparently, in this episode. <laughs> what What is death but an illusion of the mind? Uh. <laughs> or hygiene, or nutrition. <laughs> yeah. Why run from danger when there is none, but that's, yeah. We wouldn't have an episode. Just go head first into danger. See what happens. You'll probably survive. You'll be fine. Uh, shake hands with danger. So, anyway... Ash puts on his hat, he grabs a Pokeball, he proclaims to the world now that he will be a Pokemon Master, and as he continues with this grand declaration, complete with, of course, anime background effects, he is interrupted by his mother catching his Pokeball and telling him to get to bed. And I think the Pokeball turns into a clock with a little Pidgey as a, like a cuckoo bird? Yeah, the thing he's holding is, is uh, not a Pokeball, but a Voltorb toy, and then opens up with a Pidgey. So it's like... Two Pokemon in one toy thing, ah, clock. Okay. And, and that's the clock he'll have later on that breaks, right? Yes, that's the one he chucks in his sleep because Ash is crazy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, he tells her that tomorrow begins his Pokemon journey, and of course he's so excited he can't even sleep. So she tells him, well, if you can't sleep, you should at least get ready. So she grabs the TV remote and changes it from the Pokemon battle to an educational film about Pokemon that just so happens to be airing. Here on this special, the professor, which I believe is, is Professor Oak here, uh, he introduces Correct. the audience to three beginner Pokemon uh, that I guess when you get your license, you have the chance to choose from. They are Bulbasaur, Charmander, and Squirtle. Mm. He has like, it's like, it's like a, she just changed the channel to Professor Oak on TV talking to Pallet Town. Like, it wasn't like a videotape or something like that. No. It seemed like he has, like, a 24-hour channel for Pokemon conversation, we'll say. <laughs> or just training. It's like public access on a loop. Yeah. Unless he's doing it live, which would be insane. Yeah. At, was it 11 o'clock at night? Yeah, it couldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is true to the game series for Red and Blue. You do get your initial starter Pokemon at level 5, and you can choose from... 
Squirtle, Bulbasaur, or Charmander. Okay. Who did you choose? Well, I had yellow, so I did the same thing that Ash Ketchum is going to do shortly. Ah. I, I chose Bulbasaur. Yeah, I went, I, I went with the leaf. Interesting. Interesting choice. Yeah, yeah, because there's different types, right? What are what are some of the different types of Pokemon? There's, there's a classification, right? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Do you want to <laughs> go on the spiel? Uh, I'll, I can give you the, the first three you could choose from. It was like leaf Pokemon, fire Pokemon, and water Pokemon. Okay. Those yeah. are the first three you get. Yeah. But uh, as Lily can explain, there's a lot more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's all different kinds of Pokemon, and some, based on their elements, are more effective against others. So a water Pokemon is going to be effective against a fire Pokemon, but there's also rock Pokemon, fighting Pokemon, actually normal type Pokemon, which is like the weirdest, stupidest thing mm-hmm. in the entire <laughs> game. I know it sounds weird, it sounds like, just, you know, when you have normal, it's just a bird or a chicken. You know, it's like, here's my Voltorb, and here's a chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's it. There's electric type Pokemon. I there's just basically any element you can think of. There is a Pokemon that falls into that category. Neodymium. Yeah, that's an element. Or boron. That's that's in there too. <laughs> um, but that, that's the thing. That's that's what the original setup was very simplistic in that way. I mean, now it's like was it magic and mystics and all that kind of crazy blending of three or four things together. I yeah, believe. they're. I think there's like fairy type Pokemon now. I haven't played the most recent iterations of the game. Yeah, see, that's that. I haven't played it in a long time, and that's why I got out of the game. I just started getting more complex. I need to have a chart in my mm. pocket just to figure out how to fight somebody. You need a Pokedex. Yeah. Yes, yes, I did, but they don't exist because I have to. an iPhone. So that kind of that's that's it. <laughs> I know, very interesting. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get to that. So yeah, so basically, he has the choice. We find of three beginner Pokemon, and as as uh, you know, we've just heard, you know, there's the leaf, the water, and the fire. And you can imagine Squirtle being water, Bulbasaur being leaf, and Charmander being fire. So uh, we cut back to Ash's house later that night, and now he's finally fast asleep. But in his sleep, he's muttering to himself about which Pokemon choice he will make the next morning. Poor kid does not get good night's sleep. He might have night terrors, you know? <laughs> night terrors filled up with regular monsters rather than Pokemon. Yeah, really. Yeah. It's uh, it's not a good condition to have. But uh, anyway, we, we cut to his dream about choosing Bulbasaur, which is kind of like a blue four-legged dinosaur creature with a, a big plant bulb on its back. Yes. Then there's Squirtle, basically a turtle on its hind legs. Uh, <laughs> now we cut to the next morning as a three-headed Dodrio crows instead of a rooster. Here's the thing about that bird: I'd throw myself out of the window because I could not deal with that every morning. It's got, th- it's got. Th- <laughs> it, here's the thing about that: it's got three heads, and also it's the size of like an emu. Because I think later episodes of Pokemon, you see them riding them uh, in one of the other episodes, and the, the size of emus, before I believe, like big birds. It's on top of someone's house, but also it's like it's it's crowing in three different octaves, and not just like regular octaves. Yeah. It's like an annoyingly digitally remastered sound of pain. <laughs> if you had that on top of your roof and it go and does that three crowing thing, I just I would I couldn't deal with it. Like every morning, that no, no, thank you, please no. And the thing is, you couldn't even get off your roof because it could attack you. That's got three heads and the clawed feet, and it's like if you try to shoo it away like a normal bird, it will just kill you. I presume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then after you're dead, it'll continue crowing. 
So you just have to accept it as a part of life. This thing is going to be annoying and it's going to wake you up and you just have to take it. So as this thing crows, Ash wakes up from dreaming about Charmander, which is the third one. It's like a little orange dragon, little fire on its tail. Uh, he realizes that he's late now and he takes off, running down the road in his pajamas. And arriving at the school, he pushes his way through a crowd of students and cheerleaders only to trip at the feet of the arrogant star student, Gary. Or, you know, Mr. Gary to the rest of us. Ugh. Gary is called Shigeru Okido in Japan. Now, Gary tells Ash that because he arrived on time, he already has his first Pokemon, and, and the adoring crowd starts to cheer his name. Mm-hmm. So this is Ash Ketchum's rival for uh, this first iteration of the show. A real jerk. Hmm. <laughs> Does that really explain in the show why he's a jerk or why people like him? He just seems to be, like, off the bat, a guy you don't like. Yeah, just a, a, a child of privilege, it seems, who really kind of lords the fact that his father is the professor over everybody. Well, that's, or that's his, his grandfather. Grandfather. Yeah. But here's the thing, is like when he's talking to Ash, Ash seems like he's, I think one of the things he says is, I got a Pokemon and you don't. Like, obviously he does, because he's holding it in his hand. He's got the thing yeah. there. And he says, it's right here in this, inside this Pokeball. Where else is it going to be? <laughs> it's like you're telling me the most obvious thing, like, hey, Ash, I've got a car. Look at that. Four wheels. Meh? <laughs> eh? It's like, well, obviously. Uh, it's true. And, oh, and just a side note about this scene here. Uh, Gary Oaks cheerleaders... Also, Ash and Ash's mom, they're all voiced by the same person, Veronica Taylor, who, you know, is prolific in doing voiceover in anime and a whole bunch of animated programs. How old was she at the time of this? She was young, right? Uh, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> As a voice actress, they can make their voices sound like they are younger. Yeah, and I, I think I read something where she said, you know, it was perfect that she could just do this uh, 10-year-old boy's voice. And, you know, you've seen that in a lot of cartoons. Nancy Cartwright famously has been voicing 10-year-old Bart forever. You know, so, yeah, this is nothing new. So, back to the episode. Gary now thanks the crowd. You know, they're, they're cheering for him. And he promises to them that he will become a Pokemon master. So, you know, obviously this is something that... All children, you know, that, well, I, I shouldn't say all children, but all children that are interested in Pokemon, this is their goal, to become a Pokemon master. And going to the school, collecting this Pokemon, going on this journey, that's, you know, kind of what they do. And so he promises he will become the Pokemon master, and he'll make Pallet Town world famous. So Ash now is kind of curious as to which Pokemon Gary got, because, you know, he's been thinking about this choice of three all night. But... All that Gary will say is that Professor Oak gave him the best one. Mm, vague. Mm. So vague. Also, who is Gary? <laughs> Again, I just, they don't really explain it beyond like he's just related to Professor Oak and he's a jerk. And everyone seems yeah. to like the guy, but he's a jerk. He must be good, you know, or, or shows some skill or whatever, some talent. But yeah, all, all we get about him now is he hints that his uh, grandfather is Professor Oak mm. and... Uh, yeah, and he's just not nice to Ash for no reason, really. Yeah, and, like, he's on the same level as Ash, right? Like, he hasn't actually gone off and caught the Pokemon yet. And no. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know how he's good at whatever the thing he's supposed to be good at, which is the thing he's just started to do. You know, it's like, <laughs> I haven't done the thing, which will make me popular, but I'm popular. I, I don't know. This theme of having a rival uh, is consistent through the entirety of 
each generation of Pokemon. In fact, in some generations of the game, you can name your rival and name your own character, which is really bizarre. <laughs> but there are always these weird off-color interactions that your rival is just like being super mean to you, where you have the opportunity to beat them in a Poke battle. In more recent and modern iterations of the show, like in the XY series of Pokemon, Ash Ketchum still has a rival. However, they tailored their interactions to be more friendly <laughs> than just, I'm better than you, goodbye. Yeah, doesn't send a good message to kids. Do you know what's interesting? In, in Pokemon Go, you actually can choose your rival. It's true, you just have to look for the friend that you hate the most. Yeah, you just, you just find the friend you hate the most and you just go like, I don't like you, you're my rival now. Yeah. And you can name uh, them too if you want, even if they're called Dave, just rename them to something else. Yeah. <laughs> and so b back to the episode here, you know, Gary doesn't make it easier to like him, especially since he, he waves to the crowd as he takes off in the back of a red convertible. So we can definitely get the sense he's a, you know, definitely a child of privilege here. Uh, Ash kind of just angrily watches... Gary Oak, leave on his journey. He's kind of fulfilling Ash's dream. And the crowd just kind of walks away now and leaves Ash by himself. Uh, Professor Oak now sneaks up on him. And Ash asks, you know, where, where are the Pokemon? And that tells him that he's ready. But the professor replies that it looks like you're ready for bed, not Pokemon training. Oh, burn. But, what a burn. I know, really. <laughs> really just. <laughs> you can see where Gary gets it from, you know. But Ash assures him that he's ready. Now, just, just a note about the school. So basically, you have to be into Pokemon, uh, obsess over it, and then you go to this one-day school where you just kind of run up and select one, and that's your training? Assumedly. Or it's just, again, trial by fire. You get you get the equipment. Yeah. Go out and see what happens. <laughs> that's the way it is in the game. Yeah. Strange. So we next cut to the inside of a very high-tech facility where Professor Oak retracts a glass dome on a some sort of pedestal, revealing three Pokeballs to Ash. Ash tells him that uh, it took a lot of thought, but he finally decided to choose Squirtle. Mm. So Ash picks up the corresponding Pokeball, and he opens it, but is surprised to find it empty. And Professor Oak tells him, oh, it was already taken by someone on time. Ugh. Why like, would he have that there? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Why not tell him beforehand? It makes him go through the motions here. And it keeps going. Goes through through all of them. He has three there on display, but they're all empty. Yeah. Which, he goes for, for Bulbasaur next, same result. Charmander mm. opens it. That too is empty. This three there, and they're all empty. Why even bring this kid in there? It, it's basically wasted the kid's time to teach him a lesson about tardiness. But also, it, it's, it's confusing for the way, like, how do you become a Pokemon trainer? Because it's like, you have to be one of three people to turn up on time to get a Pokemon, and that's it. Yeah, that's a great like, point. Like, like, what was if there's 18 kids who all want to get their license? <laughs> it's like, well, too bad. I only had three. Yeah. But then you might be, be lucky with, you know, the, the secret fourth one that the professor might have. So you don't even know there's a fourth one until the professor might tell you about it. And it might be defective. So it's like, you have to be one of three kids. But in this situation, in this small town, Gary got one. So you have to be one of two kids to turn up on time to get a Pokemon to start this great adventure you've been hyped about your entire 10 years. Yeah, it's it's very it's a very strange premise, but I guess mm. there has to be three that run out, so we, as you mentioned, get the secret one. So, Ash asks if there are any others. The professor reluctantly admits that, oh, yes, there is one left. And before he can even finish the sentence, Ash says he'll take it. 
So then from the center of this Pokeball pedestal, a hatch opens, revealing a fourth Pokeball with a little yellow lightning bolt on it. The professor first grabs it, explaining that there is a problem with it, but Ash is so determined to have one, the professor just hands the Pokeball over. Uh, Ash opens it, revealing a flashing yellow glow as the character known as Pikachu materializes in front of them. So here's some factoids uh, <laughs> for you. The name Pikachu is a combination of two Japanese onomatopoeic words. So Pika, the noise an electric spark makes, and Chu, the noise a mouse makes. <laughs> mm. uh, and also, Ash's starter Pokemon, when they were discussing making this TV series, was supposed to be a Clefairy, which is, for lack of better terms, a very feminine-looking Pokemon. It's like a pale pink color and kind of almost looks like Kirby. Okay, yeah, uh, I've seen that one. But it was swapped for Pikachu to make the TV series more appealing to both male and female audiences. But it's interesting that when the Pikachu monster... They are still monsters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like the Pikachu monster comes out, it instantly says its name, and it can only say its name. I find that very fascinating about Pokemon. They only say their name. <laughs> I know. There are some that don't, though. There are some that only make noises, like Oddish. That Pokemon only makes noises, doesn't say Oddish. Hmm. It's true. And we don't see him here, but isn't the character Meowth that, you know, is friends with Team Rocket, doesn't he talk like any normal character? He's special. Yes. Is he? He's a yeah, special he's type. <laughs> He's dictionary type. <laughs> yeah, he read a book. <laughs> he's, he's the logical progression of Pokemon. Yeah, they'll all be speaking. They'll have thumbs. It'll be crazy. So, so now, so we get Pikachu for the first time, and Ash immediately loves Pikachu. He d declares it the best of them all, but Professor Oak says, "Oh, you'll see." And Ash picks up Pikachu and hugs it. And Pikachu is not having it. Not in the mood for a hug at all. And we start to see electricity kind of spark around its cheeks. And then it fully electrocutes Ash as Professor Oak explains that it's also known as Electric Mouse. Which goes into what Lily just said. That his name is kind of uh, taken from the terms for, you know, electricity and the sound a mouse makes. So there you go. Mm. And that's when Ash gets shocked, presumably to death. <laughs> yeah. Turns because, to Ash. Because I, I, yeah, because yeah, I know a, a thing or two about electricity, and it can't kill you. So I'm presuming after you get shocked, Ash died. Yeah, you would think. You would definitely think. Hmm. That, as we were talking about earlier, there's not much danger here. I mean, uh, Ash should be dead many times over in this episode, and this is just one of many times. That's, that's what happened to the other kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> They all get shocked. He's like, "I gotta hide this this dangerous thing." Puts in the middle of his little um, containment unit. And he's like, "Let's see if Ash wants this thing." Gets shocked. But what I hated was that Professor cracks wise at Ash after he gets shocked. <laughs> he says something was along the lines that he's got a shocking personality or something like that, a very electric personality. Oh my goodness! I didn't oh, catch yeah. that. It's it's something so bad. But he gets shocked, and it's like, "Why would you do that?" He's just he's had a near death experience. <laughs> so Professor Oak next gives Ash an electronic device known as a Pokedex along with a handful of Pokeballs to aid him on his journey and uh, yeah the Pokedex really the uh, the precursor to the iPhone with only one function which is to tell you what Pokemon are yeah and it fold, it opens it kind of like folds out isn't that kind of like the design of the, the smartphone device in the movie Her 
<laughs> so what you're saying her and Pokemon are the same thing? I think so. I, I never saw her, but I saw from the clip, so when he puts it on the nightstand or something, it kind of folds open like that with the one lens on the front. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Her is actually the story of Professor Oak perfecting the Pokedex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prequel. Interesting. Okay, alright. It's it's um, interesting to note out that the Pokedex is actually called Dexter. Oh, is it really? Okay. Yeah, it's an episode two. <laughs> okay, didn't get that far. I actually watched it. I, I, I clicked ahead to watch episode two to go like, because episode one ends in one way, uh, and episode two actually gives you more information. I don't know why they didn't just jam those two episodes together, but... Yeah, yeah, you think they could do like a, a double episode airing, like, you know, or a, a lengthier pilot, as we've seen many series do. Because Team Rocket don't even appear in this episode at all no. until episode two. Yeah. And yet there's, there's, there's all these characters in the opening uh, montage, and it's just, they don't really explain many of them. <laughs> yeah, for all the exposition we get, there's a lot missing, for sure. Hmm. So, Ash goes to grab the uh, Pokeballs, the Pokedex, and as he does, Pikachu once again begins to activate its powers, shocking the Professor as well this time. Uh, it's just, again, electricity really doesn't do much. It's kind of like a Looney Tunes physics here. Yeah. Again, death is not a real thing in the Pokemon universe. <laughs> So, we next cut to the front gate of the school where Ash's mom and a small group of supporters are there <laughs> holding banners and noisemakers, uh, cheering Ash on as he begins his Pokemon training. And Ash's mom, very sad to see him go, she'll, she cries that she'll miss him. She gives him a backpack full of all kinds of supplies, clean clothes, rubber gloves for laundry, snacks for the long journey ahead. And Ash is all embarrassed, saying, uh, Pokemon trainers can take care of themselves. Well, you're, here's the thing. It, you're it's, 10. It's funny that... <laughs> yeah, he's 10, but the funny thing is, she's already packed. He he just left the house. He's in his pajamas. He's not allowed to go back home. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, this is it. Yeah. This is the yeah. end of the road, buddy. And this backpack of supplies is what's going to sustain him for the foreseeable future? <laughs> like... <laughs> well, well, she put some hot chocolate in there. You know, yeah. In the thermos. I, I think that's all he needs. No, he's, yeah, he's 10 years old, and it's like his mother just seems to be ready to get rid of him. Like, she's got the bag and everything, he's just come out of the, was it, uh, Professor Oak's, what did you call it, training center? Or whatever yeah, call school it. or whatever it is. Science lab. Um, and he's just there at the front gate, and it's like, he's just been shocked twice, and he's come out to this, to a woeful, I mean, it's not the greatest celebration of, you know, compared to Gary's celebratory, self-congratulatory <laughs> thing. Uh, it, it sounds like one person's hitting a pot with a stick, I, it sounds like that. Yeah. But the mother's got everything in the bag. Like, I'm just assuming she's at home and goes, oh, he's gone. Okay, time to pack all this stuff up then. Time to get rid of this boy. He puts all the stuff in the bag, goes out and goes, well, goodbye. Can I have your house key? You won't be needing that. <laughs> I just feel bad for Ash. He's like, he couldn't go home. Like, mom, I had my wallet I left at home uh, as long as like a bunch of personal items. He's like, it's okay. They're gone now. Yeah, that's it. It's an office now. <laughs> yeah. All your Pokemon are in the trash. It's it's a private little um, workout gym. What what a cruel world they live in. Yeah. It really is. Well, <laughs> Ash Ketchum has survived to the year 2016, so. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm worried about his mental state. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> you just find out at the very last episode, he's just some feral child that imagined that this whole Pokemon reality he just lives in the woods. Yeah, it was all in his head. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he, he just doesn't seem to have any fixed abode. You know, I don't know how he pays his bills. No, 
Yeah, well, who knows if this is... I guess it can be lucrative. We saw a stadium being sold out for, for a Pokemon battle. But, you know, wandering around in the woods, I mean, I don't know. So, anyway, Ash tells his mother that uh, with Pikachu at his side, he'll get all the Pokemon in the world. And Ash's mom looks down and sees Pikachu and is kind of uh, puzzled by that. You know, wh why isn't Pikachu in a Pokeball? And Ash, you know, is kind of like, oh, okay. So he tries to command Pikachu to go back in the ball, but it refuses. And it, I like the scene here, the animation, where Ash is throwing the Pokeball at Pikachu, and Pikachu is just kind of casually deflecting the Pokeball back with its head and hands and tail. It's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Nobody, like, the animation style is interesting, because, like, the only movement there is Pikachu and Ash's yeah. hand as he's, as he's trying to throw the ball <laughs> at Pikachu. Which is funny because it was, it was shown in um on at the beginning of the episode the way to get a Pokemon back into the ball is just hauling the Pokeball and then there's like a, a red laser that comes out and just absorbs it. So I don't know why he's throwing the Pokeball at it. Maybe he's like saying, "Dude, this is not how you use the Pokeball." Yeah, maybe he yeah he doesn't even know how to use that. Yeah, yeah. It's strange. So Ash's mom looks at this and she thinks that they're playing catch and oh that's great it's a sign that they're fast friends and so yeah not wanting to look foolish ash just kind of goes with it and oh yeah and picks up pikachu and just as ash's mom calls this relationship weird pikachu once again fires up the lightning power now electrocuting the entire group of people at, at this point pikachu's just trying to kill his entire family yeah really <laughs> it really is yeah a homicidal pikachu <laughs> <sighs> It's it's just murder on top of murder. That's what the that's all that Pikachu is for. He just just lusts for death. Yeah. I don't. Do they ever reveal Pikachu's gender? I don't know if Pikachu's gendered. I, I assume they're. Ash always <laughs> calls it his partner. I assume they're um. the Pokemon are genderless. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. I'm not sure either. I don't know. I thought I thought many people said like assumed that Pikachu was a girl or something like that. I've heard that, but I don't. I don't know. I to be honest with you. Well. For the sake of argument, I can't see any gender features on the mouse Pokemon on any angle that he's yeah. he, she, it is fighting. So, you know, unlike animals that I see in the wild, I, and obviously you can tell there's a difference, I can't see anything there on the Pikachu. Okay. Well, I'm glad. Thanks for looking. <laughs> Thanks for doing the research. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, there is one gendered Pokemon, like actually gendered, and that was what we saw in the beginning of the episode. Nidorino is the male version. There's like Nidorino and Nidorina, and Nidorina, they have yeah, yeah. They're like the two gendered Pokemon, and everything else is a gender. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. I don't know why they they're different from the others, though. So. Yeah, I have no idea. Who knows? <laughs> Now, Professor Oak next tells Ash that the rubber gloves that his mom gave him to do laundry will come in handy because rubber blocks electricity. Okay, now let's pause here for a moment. <laughs> rubber dishwashing gloves do not block electricity. Let me say that again. Rubber dishwashing gloves do not block electricity. This is like the worst message to be sending to kids. That, oh yeah, you know you know those special gloves your mom has at the kitchen sink? You can touch lightning and it won't even hurt you. It's like, Amazing. yes, there are types of specially insulated gloves, specially rated for specific types of electrical work. Yes, there, there's those type of gloves. But no, do not think that rubber dishwashing gloves will protect you from any type of electric shock or death. 
Always read every <laughs> label. Do not attempt to handle any type of electricity. Are those two things separate? Electric shocks and death? Because if I die and I'm holding a, a pair of rubber gloves and death turns up, he's like, well, you got the rubber gloves. <laughs> I can't I can't do this. But, Sorry, back in the body. That's right. Well, rubber gloves do not protect you from anything other than whatever's stuck on the plate you're cleaning. But I just saw that, and I'm like, are you kidding me? They actually said that? I hope no one actually got hurt thinking that they are just, you know, completely safe. Well, the thing is, they didn't get hurt, but um, I love the comment that the mum says, and this is a very subtle thing, where she says, and this is after she's been shocked, by the way, and she's lying on the ground. She says, don't forget to change your underwear every single day. Now, I wonder what made her think about underwear after she's just been shocked. <laughs> what what involuntary thing could have happened to your body, to, you know, when you get shocked and spasm to make her think of that? Yeah, well, certain things are controlled by electrical impulses through the nervous system, and, you know, that could be disrupted by an electric shock, and, and let's not go into any further speculation, but yes. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's... it's, it's... <laughs> However, we will continue. So, we cut to a little while later as Ash attempts to walk Pikachu with a leash down a dirt road, and Pikachu is still not enamored with Ash and refuses to walk. Is just getting dragged. Is another funny piece of animation here. I think, this, again, this just shows Ash really has no idea what he's no. doing with Pokemon. He's just dragging him along. He's been shocked many times. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to just keep pushing on through. It's almost like it reminds me of videos where people try to walk their cats and the cats just <laughs> are not having it. <laughs> well, if you see them, they put the harness on the cat and he just rolls over onto the yes, floor. Exactly. They just don't like it. Yeah. So Ash stops to ask why Pikachu was acting like this. And he asks, you know, is it because you don't like me? And Pikachu nods, saying, you know, like, Pika, Pika. <laughs> So we learn here that even though Pikachu understands Ash, that communication doesn't go the other way. So basically, Pikachu can nod and, and shake its head and things like that, but it pretty much understands English or, you know, Japanese or whatever. In uh, later iterations of the show, Ash Ketchum does understand Pikachu, even though Pikachu is just saying its own name. But he can somehow <laughs> garner meaning from the intonation of... The Pikachu? I don't know. Well, well it, 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 I think even in life, it's like when you're um, uh, talking to someone and their mouth is full <laughs> and they're, eat, like, they're eating a sandwich and you're talking like, Dave, where'd you put that thing? And they're like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm? like that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that same sort of idea, I believe, where it's like, you know, it's, 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 if I could say my name like a Pokemon and just said it in different tenses and different variations on it, you could probably pick up a sense of what I'm trying to engage you with or, you know, trying to answer a question you've told me. <laughs> I mean, not to a fine detail, but very broad sense. That's true. Yeah. Hey, if, if Hamish mm. can, can do it with his uh, sandwich-eating mate Dave, if Han Solo can do it with Chewbacca, why not have Ash understand Pikachu? So I've had conversations with my brother while I've been brushing my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh. Just go like, what is that? What is that? What is that? <laughs> yeah, dentists are really good at understanding people with things That's in true. Mouth. That's yeah. very true. So Ash is really trying to convince Pikachu here to uh, get into the Pokeball, trying to get it to behave like a regular Pokemon, at least, you know, what Ash thinks a regular Pokemon should do. Basically thinking that, you know, because the Pokedex mentions they all go in the ball, that Pikachu will as well. But the Pokedex now also says that there are some Pokemon that hate to be confined. And Ash is kind of, you know, learning all this on the fly and decides, okay, I'll take off my rubber gloves and remove that leash off of Pikachu. Here's the funny thing, though. It's Pikachu who hits the button, though. Remember, he's looking at the Pokedex and it's like, you know, 
Pokemon like to be, uh, Pokemon are usually for, uh, inside the ball. <laughs> That's what I remember, just because it seems like, why does Pikachu know how to use his technology? Yeah, strange. <laughs> so just then now, Ash encounters a Pidgey, which is a, a gentle bird-like Pokemon that's very easy to capture, and uh, it's mentioned as it being the perfect target for a beginning Pokemon trainer to test their skills. So, Ash commands Pikachu to get the Pidgey, but it refuses, then climbs up a tree. And and do we see that uh, in the series? Do do uh, trainers command Pokemon to retrieve other ones? Uh, like to fight? No, just to like grab them, like to collect them. It's usually just a battle, right? Right. Scott, I think at this moment we can actually under-assume. Remember, this is Ash, who's supposed to be a fan of Pokemon. Still has no idea what Pokemon <laughs> yeah, are. That's a very good point. We just saw him dragging Pikachu, who shocked him twice, and nearly killed his family with a leash. So I, th- I think at this moment we can un- assume that he has no idea what these <laughs> things are, or what they do. Because right. remember, the, n- the next scene that comes up really displays what's what's going on in you know, Ash's yeah. head. So Pikachu... Climbs up a tree. He's not going to help Ash at all. And so despite this, Ash is determined to take what he perceives as this first big step in becoming a Pokemon master. So he grabs a Pokeball from his belt, yells to the Pidgey to enjoy its last moments of freedom. You know, really (laughs) mean-spirited. And throws the Pokeball at it. And the Pidgey is now beamed right inside and Ash celebrates. Why is he yelling at a bird that's that's it's just by itself living its life and he's and he yells that phrase at the bird? Mm. What a psycho! Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's, you know, that- it's just a weird characteristic that Ash has in this beginning episode where it's just like he doesn't really understand Pokemon, he doesn't know how to handle them. But hey, I'll just yell at them like a cruel master and capture it. Yeah, I'm going to conquer them. Yeah, <laughs> and he says fre- it- and he says freedom. He says freedom. He's taking away the freedom of this animal. He's enslaving it. Exactly, yeah. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> it's like buying a puppy and saying to it, like, say goodbye to your mother and siblings. <laughs> it's like, who thinks like that? A villain. A villain thinks like that. Team Rocket is just rescuing all the Pokemon from <laughs> yeah. these trainers. <laughs> That's true. You know, I think Team Rocket would have like a, an interesting business plan. Uh, Ash, on the other hand, is like, Ha-ha, you'll never see daylight again. <laughs> yeah. So after that comment, it escalates, which we'll see. Yes, a- Ash celebrates capturing this Pidgey quite easily, but the joy is very short-lived as the, the Pokeball begins to shake, and the Pidgey quickly escapes and kind of just nonchalantly walks away into the grass. And even Pikachu just starts cracking up, which is pretty funny. <laughs> and uh, the Pokedex kind of activates on its own, and explains to Ash that to capture a Pokemon, you usually have to have your own Pokemon battle at first. Also, programmed in a sassy way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not like, you have to get these things by doing this. It's always like, uh, you have to do it like this. <laughs> it also seems to be sentient. <laughs> no. Yeah. It, it seems to know what comic timing is. It's sentient, and it sasses Ash after a failure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of good for us, the audience, but yeah, not great programming. Not for that kid. That kid's having a really rough day. <laughs> He's probably got weird heart palpitations now after being electrocuted. He, he has weird mixed feelings that his mother was prepared for him to leave. <laughs> yeah, because keep in mind, she was up at 11 o'clock at night too. She was probably up celebrating and packing with a glass of wine. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, with Pikachu still laughing, Ash decides to instead catch the Pidgey by using his shirt like a net and just draping it over it. And he just jumps on the thing, like really rough. And 
He appears to be successful. We see it fighting. It's, you know, trying to fight its way out from under the shirt. Uh, but very quickly, a small tornado forms, blowing Ash backwards. The Pokedex then chimes in again, explaining that the Pidgey has gust powers that can create tornadoes, as well as a sand attack. And just as Ash learns this, he is choked by a, a mini sandstorm, and the Pidgey flies away. If this wasn't bad enough for Ash, he looks back, and he sees another type of Pokemon, a Rattata, taking food from his backpack. And the Pokedex tells him that uh, the Rattata dwells in forests, but will come out to open fields, you know, to steal food from stupid travelers. <laughs> Some more of that <laughs> sassy attitude. Yeah, it's like, why did they, like, the guy who programmed this was just either bored and going, do you know what? This uh, program that talks and has a sentience about it and actually understands what's going on around it in real time. Yeah, I, I think I should make fun of people. I really think I should. <laughs> click, click, click. There we go. You might encounter this if you're an idiot. <laughs> if you're standing next to other Pokedexes, they all like, Oh, he did say that to you. You're a fool. <laughs> they all sync up. <laughs> and they start bagging you. <laughs> So just then, Ash happens to spot some more Pidgeys. A whole bunch of them. And how's he going to get them this time? In the worst oh, he's going to throw... Yeah, in the worst way possible. Sorry, it's just... Sorry no, to cut good. you off. It's just that no. the the level of... Like, the only monster in this show... Not the Pokemon. It's Ash. <laughs> <laughs> I, I... When I was... Like, I don't mean to cut you off like that, but it's just he's a monster. This escalating really monster. He's throwing a rock at an animal. What? Yeah. Who is he? Who is this mysterious kid who's been kicked out of his own home to hunt animals by himself and seems to survive death multiple occasions, yet has no idea how to treat things like human, like a human being? He's, he's crazy. <laughs> there, there's no defense of his behavior here. I mean, even at 10 years old, uh, you should definitely know you don't throw rocks at any living creature. I know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. That really got my goat. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was a Pokemon, but instead it's just a, it's just a goat, just a goat. <laughs> Makes some good cheese, but you know. Uh, so at first he's unsuccessful in throwing the rocks, which is good. But then he spots this silhouette, and he hits it right on the top of the head, and we see the poor thing starts to get a growing lump in a very cartoonish fashion. You know, it's kind of almost like where Bugs Bunny was hit over the head with a mallet, and it gets like a growing lump. It's exactly what's happening here. Now, referring back to the Pokedex, Ash finds out that instead of hitting a Pidgey, he has instead agitated a Spearow, which is another type of bird Pokemon, but one with a very bad attitude. <laughs> so immediately, it begins to swoop down and attack Ash, but then seeing Pikachu, it turns its attention to Pikachu. So the Pokedex now explains that wild Pokemon tend to be jealous of human-trained Pokemon, which, uh, that's, that's a kind of... A difficult concept to grasp is that the animals would have some sort of jealousy if they perceive that other Pokemon are trained by people, but, you know, whatever. I would also like to point out that Pikachu witnessed Ash throwing rocks at these other Pokemon <laughs> and has done nothing. Yeah, well, he doesn't respect it, so why yeah. would he, like, he's like, well, this just seems like the, the logical progression of this guy's behavior, throwing rocks at animals. He's dragging me up a hill, I'm in a tree to escape him. Yeah, seems seems to make sense, but I think with that weird um, idea that the the Pokemon are jealous of Pokemon being trained, is it because they want to make it seem like, oh no, these Pokemon want to be caught, <laughs> they're happy to be caught. Yeah, it almost seems that way, doesn't it? Hmm. 
Which, why even have the difficulty catching them if that's the case? They should be lining up to be captured in these little ball receptacles. <laughs> ball whatever. The ball receptacles. I think that's a better name for them. Yeah, yeah Ash, get your ball receptacles. Yeah, hard to market with a name like that, I would say. But anyway. It, it, it does sound like it's like the knockoff brand, though. <laughs> like, well, I couldn't afford Pokeballs, so we have the ball receptacles. <laughs> you get a job lot. Yeah. You yes. have a big table of those. <laughs> yeah. So just as Pikachu now is holding onto this tree branch for dear life, it's just about to be attacked, uh, it zaps it with electricity, weakening it. And then the Spearow calls out to other Spearows roosting in a nearby tree, now sending dozens of Spearows all flying at them. And so uh, as Ash and Pikachu kind of flee through the woods together, we see other type of Pokemon watching the chase, you know, kind of giving us a couple of cameos here. Uh, at one point, Pikachu is completely surrounded, and Ash fights his way over, picking up Pikachu and carrying it. And as they continue to run, Ash is now stopped at the dead end of a waterfall. Kind of a, a TV trope, really. <laughs> now, Ash kind of sees no way out of this situation. Well, other than, you know, the obvious. But he could have turned. He could have kept going. Just go by the edge of the rocks. But No, no, because it's it's been displayed many times before. Ash is stupid. <laughs> Ash, is, Ash is wildly, wildly stupid. And <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in fairness to Ash... He is only 10 years old and left to live on his own for the rest of his life. So I, I will cut him a break here in that respect. No excuses. No excuses. He knows what it's yeah. like. It's a harsh life. He should have been prepared. He's got a thermos full of chocolate. So hot chocolate. Oh, it's gone cold. I don't know what's. I don't know what the situation is with the hot chocolate. I am, I am worried about it. But he knew the risks. He knew what it was like. He must have had some idea that this was the life. Like, if I was 10 years old and this happened to me, it's like, first of all, I'd be crying the whole time. Then, like, five minutes <laughs> in, I would take all the hot chocolate powder and pour it into my mouth, probably choke on it. Like, okay, that's my only meal that I have. And then that would be, like, that would be the end of me. <laughs> that's it? Yeah, that would be it. It's <laughs> choked to death that'd on the, the hot chocolate powder. <laughs> that'd be the end of my journey. They'd find, like, a bunch of Pidgeys poking at me. Yeah, Pikachu would have electrocuted you and ran away instead of just, like, hovering by you. <laughs> uh, that, that'd be an interesting uh, interesting report to see. It's like, this boy, who I just, like, let's say Professor Oak comes out, finds her dead body, and he's like, ah, oh, he's only, like, 100 meters from my place. This is, this is, this is awful. <laughs> Professor Oak's like, they didn't happen to find out where his Pokedex came from, did they? <laughs> like, yeah. like, there's got to be so many lawsuits going that guy's way. <laughs> I want the police to come into this pallet town and be like, wait, 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 what are you doing to these kids? You're just sending them off? Like, and they're they're handling what? <laughs> like, electricity with glo dishwashing gloves? <laughs> I think in your case, when you died by chocolate powder, the person to blame here is the mother. Yeah, yeah. That's true, but yeah, I mean, what other way is he going to make hot chocolate? <laughs> I thought it was like a, th a thermos of hot chocolate or something. That's true. Yeah, it could be. The uh, <laughs> police force in the Pokemon universe is all one woman named Jenny. Well, it's multiple women that all look identical and are all named Jenny. <laughs> That's strange. Yeah, it's bizarre. Here's the worst thing about that. Imagine if you were in a relationship with one of those Jennies, and then you break up. You change towns because you want to get away from that old relationship. You go to a new town, you get pulled over, bam, there's the face of your ex-girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you'd be like, what's your name? It's like, Jenny. Yeah, what? that's my ex's, ex's name. And what do you do? I'm a police officer. What? That's what she did. <laughs> no, you'd be like, it's you. Uh, just, I don't know. <laughs> it reminds me of the Bettys from Quark, which that's a memory I don't want to relive. Oh, yeah, please. No more. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, back to the episode. Ash is now at this waterfall. It looks very dire, and seeing no other choice... He turns his cat backwards, as if that's going to do anything, and he jumps down the waterfall where the river takes he and Pikachu downstream. And uh, as he goes down, we see some more Pokemon cameos, some aquatic Pokemon. He passes a, a, a Magikarp and a Gyarados. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure what those are, so yeah. We're, we're definitely going to see a bunch in this episode. Oh, well, beforehand, he, he ran past a, a, a Sandshrew and a Mankey. Okay, yeah, I wasn't sure what those were, yeah. <laughs> So, from here, we next cut to a girl named Misty, or in Japan, Kasumiyawa, fishing at the riverbank. And thinking that she caught something big, she reels her fishing pole back really hard and pulls Ash and Pikachu out of the water. And she's not concerned at all about Ash's well-being, but she wants Pikachu to be taken to a medical center. Now, is it the fact that Pikachu has electricity powers and was just submerged in water? Is that why Pikachu is near death? Uh... No, didn't he get swarmed by the Spearows? Yeah, Kinda. I think he got swiped and uh, attacked by those things. Yeah, he got nicked by a Spearow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, in this scene in particular, after Ash responds to Misty like, oh, I'm okay. In the Japanese version, Misty slaps him right across the face. <laughs> this scene was taken out for the Western version. <laughs> Because it was deemed inappropriate or something like that. Yeah, it's 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 extreme behavior for someone who was well, jumped from a cliff and just was pulled out of water. Yeah, yeah, too too imitatable. <laughs> That's funny yeah. though. But just the act of slapping yeah. <laughs> looks like fun. We should all yeah, do really. it. Yeah, I'll just forget all the episodes of Tom and Jerry I watched. Yeah, exactly. Far more <laughs> terrible, gruesome things happen. And, and smoking or watching, and all like, kinds of terrible things. Or watching things like Roadrunner and Coyote. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yes. Yeah, if, if I want to kill a bird, I'll just, you know, write a letter to Acme and get a bunch of dynamite. <laughs> It'd be great. <laughs> yeah. So, Misty is very concerned about Pikachu, says that uh, Ash needs to take it to the Pokemon Hospital, and kind of points him in the direction of the hospital in the nearest city. So... As this is all taking place, we see the flock of Spearows show up once again. So Ash just kind of steals Misty's bike. You know, this is kind of a bad example. And he puts the ailing Pikachu in the basket in the front and promises to return the bike someday. <laughs> so vague. So, uh, of course, in future episodes, we don't get this here, but Ash will be good friends with Misty. She will accompany him on many adventures, along with another character, as we mentioned, Brock. It was also known as Takeshi in Japan, which I thought was funny because I love that show, Takeshi's Castle. <laughs> <laughs> so, as Ashno rides further into the woods and then out into a grassy field, he also encounters a thunderstorm, as well as having this flock of Spearows closing in behind him. Not, not a good first day of his new life. <laughs> it's been like a, like, I'm guessing, judging by the timing of the show, let's say an hour. <laughs> <laughs> like one hour it's pretty bad so as the lightning strikes around him and the spearows gain on him and begin to peck ash gets distracted sending the bike careening off of a small cliff and just crashing them both into the dirt 
And at this point, things are very dire. Pikachu is, again, near death for, you know, some unknown reason. The pecking in the water or whatever. <laughs> Lightning is striking <laughs> everywhere. And the flock of Spearows are once again on the attack. So Ash now takes out a Pokeball and pleads with Pikachu to go inside of it, even though it's afraid, saying that this might be its best chance at being saved. So he just kind of places the Pokeball next to Pikachu, leaving it up to Pikachu to decide. But Ash next steps forward to the approaching Spearows, declaring himself Ash from the town of Pallet, destined to be the world's number one <laughs> Pokemon master, and now taunting this flock to come and get him. I think he's really lost his mind at this point. It's like, you're talking to a group of birds, and you're trying to present yourself as something more than you are. You and Like, th these birds are going to kill you, Ash. They are going to try and kill you. Yes. Unlike the electricity which shocked you and all that stuff, you want to die by a bird. <laughs> I love how he says he's from the town of Pallet, when in every other piece of Pokemon media, it's Pallet Town. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Well, remember, Ash has had a, had a very shocking couple of hours. Well, hour. You know, so he, he's, his brain is not all there at the moment. So, seeing this act of bravery on its behalf, Pikachu runs up to Ash, climbing him, then jumps from Ash's shoulders at the Spearows. And now screaming its name, Pikachu unleashes a giant ball of lightning that blows Ash backwards, really illuminates the entire landscape. And eliminates the thunderstorm for some reason. And the birds, apparently. Like, the birds just disappear. <laughs> That's true. They, they do die in this, don't they? Either they've been eviscerated by this lightning storm, or just... I don't know. Just, they're just all yeah. gone. Just vaporized. Yeah, completely. Yeah. It looked like about like 50 birds are coming after them, and then they're all just psh, gone. And now it's a clear day. Yeah, and now keep in mind, that the birds are only after him because he threw a rock at one of their heads. You know, they, they didn't come for mm. this fight. This wasn't just, oh, we noticed some prey. He initiated all of this. So now as the clouds clear and the sun comes out, we, we cut to the bruised and lightly toasted Ash and Pikachu lying half unconscious in the road. Ash looks over and says, well, we beat him. It's like, no, Pikachu did. <laughs> <laughs> you owe him a debt of gratitude. I mean, you should go inside of a Pokeball for Pikachu at this point. <laughs> Also, see a psychiatrist. This is all your fault, Ash. This, this is all That's your true. fault. So just then, we get a very strange scene. Ash is amazed to look up and see a sparkling golden bird Pokemon flying above them towards the rainbow. Uh, he refers to his Pokedex for more info, but he's told that there's no data about this one, and... That, you know, that's common, I guess. There's still Pokemon yet to be identified at this point of the series. Unfortunately, that bird is actually a Ho-Oh. Yes. Uh, it's from Gold and Silver. Those are the later games of uh, the Pokemon. Well, they came after the red and blue and green and yellow. Yes. They're yeah, from Gold and Silver. the second uh, generation. That's the point in time where there's 251 Pokemon. So with the addition of those games. Oh, okay. And it is one of the three, I believe, legendary bird Pokemon. Hmm. Just hmm. stupid, useless information no one needs to know about Pokemon ever. <laughs> I, I think, seeing as this is about Pokemon, this is a Pokemon this podcast is, this about is Pokemon. This is the right time. This is the right, time. This okay. is the right <laughs> time. This is it. If you have any more factoids you want to throw up, because I think um, the only factoid I know about... Uh, that bird was that it had different names. Like it was like it was like in gold and silver, depending on which one you had. One was like was it Master of the Sky or Master of the S 
the sea or ground or something like that. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think there's two two variations of the. It wasn't oh, Master oh, of the House because oh, oh. that was Les Miserables. I know that. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a different Pokemon series, Les Miserables. You know, with Jean Valjean with his uh, you know, Thunderstrike yes. attack. It was, it was, it was great. Uh, now, one thing I did read about this uh, this bird, uh, Pokemon director Masamitsu Hidaka said that Ho-Oh is used as a plot device to get Ash moving on his journey and to show that he is special. So it's what? It's, what? Yeah. <laughs> It's just a bird flying across the sky. There's probably 18 other people who saw it, too. Probably. Professor Oak's probably looking at his window going, ah, oh, I should have caught that. I don't know. Well, it's... So I guess basically what he means, if I am to interpret this quote here, is I guess it's supposed to inspire him that, yeah, he's still meant for greatness and kind of like a good omen. That's what I'm guessing this this is supposed to mean, that it has some significance to his journey. He's, he's, che- he's cheated death multiple times. I think he's had a he's, he's had a pretty pretty good omen so <laughs> far. You know, jumping off cliffs, getting shocked, getting attacked by birds. Yeah, he, he's, he's doing fine. He doesn't need a magic bird to tell him that. Uh. He also fell like, I don't know, 10 feet off his bicycle. Yeah. Mm. He was like thrown forward by some giant rock. Yeah, he he sh- maybe it's a a vision that he's getting a, as a result of some sort of head injury. <laughs> you know, he probably has compound fractures on both legs at this point. We just don't see they're cropped out of frame. Probably lost a lot of blood. <laughs> or he's actually you know he's seeing things. And he's used the Pokedex to see what bird that is. And it's just a bird. It doesn't fit into the Pokemon collection. That's why I can't understand what it is. <laughs> that is a blue jay. You idiot. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, geez, Ash, read a book. <laughs> That is the common seagull. You have had a concussion. <laughs> a good omen. Also, I'm made of electricity, and you're just shocked <laughs> with electricity. How am I still working? He looks at his watch. His watch has stopped. His, his feelings have all melted. Uh, Maybe that's why he's still 10 years old. Wow. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, we find out that Pikachu's actually letting off like a low-level radiation. <laughs> Platonic Pikachu. Well, how is he charging himself up? I don't know the the insides of a Pokemon, but there's going to be some sort of charging element within his body, some sort of organic charging. It could be yeah. nuclear. Lithium ion. <laughs> so, as we cut back to this bird flying with this sparkling trail behind it, the narrator chimes in once again, saying, This is just the beginning of the amazing adventures of Ash and Pikachu. And we next cut to Ash and Pikachu traveling down the road, and he continues... Their journey is destined to be packed with non-stop action, millions of laughs, heart-pounding perils, and endless incitement. <laughs> Together, they'll encounter fantastic friends, evil enemies, and meet creatures beyond their wildest imagination. And uh, we next get a scene of Pikachu licking Ash on the face, showing affection like, like a dog. And he further continues, <laughs> And as their story unfolds, we'll unlock the magic and mystery of a most wondrous place, the incredible world of Pokemon. And as this scene concludes, uh, we see Ash carrying Pikachu out of the woods and down to the city below. This is Viridian City. This is where the uh, hospital is located. And uh, this final look at Viridian City, it's down kind of in a valley. There's mountains around. And we see that rainbow still overhead. So this frame kind of shrinks down on our screen. And below we are given the words, to be continued. (laughs) But that is not the end of our episode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we get the Pokemon logo and a countdown from 10 as we are told that it's time to wrap some Pokemon. 
Uh, <laughs> why a rap? Every, everybody thought, yeah, this would be great. We need, we need a rap with this franchise. You no, know, it's hip with the kids these days. <laughs> rap music. <laughs> listen to those, those kids listening to hardcore music, that hardcore rap by Will Smith. <laughs> oh, yeah, this was around the time. Well, were people getting jiggy with it just then? Maybe a few years after this. <laughs> it was not the millennium at I that point. Were. <laughs> no, no, we hadn't reached the millennium then. We're, we're still approaching the millennium. <laughs> I just, I just remember one of the lines from one of his songs where he says like like it's it he's, his lines are so safe like he talks about um was it chewing a Cuban cigar he doesn't light he's it he's just chewing on it <laughs> just yeah just just was it lights it just has it for the effect or something like that or it's like his mum's listening to his rap or something like that now uh, Lily before the episode you said you would r- do the whole rap for us you know all the lyrics is that oh, true oh no 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 do it. No, I don't. Do it. I don't know the words. No, I made that up. (laughs) (laughs) I like Pokemon, but I am 19 years old. (laughs) Yeah, so we next get this singing of uh, an alternate arrangement of the Pokemon theme. You know, if you listen, it's the same lyrics, just kind of a different melody. Uh, And it's broken up with these rapping segments, and it's just rapping of various Pokemon names. (laughs) <laughs> you're really you're really nailing the you sound like you're doing b52s but you're really nailing it i gotta say uh, but here's the thing i i, I i'm not sure i'm trying my way did we just miss that part but uh, it was in um uh the who's that pokemon segment was, those are on netflix i didn't see those so yeah why don't you explain uh, for the listeners what those segments are in every episode, there'd be like this thing where before the ad break, it'd be like, "Who's that Pokemon?" It'd give you like this silhouette of a Pokemon, uh, and then you go to an ad break, and then you come back to it, and then and then they tell you which Pokemon it was. Now, in this case, because it's the first episode, the outline of this Pokemon was obviously Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> so then you come back for the episode, and it's like, "Yeah, it's it's Pikachu. We get it." <laughs> but they'd have these segments where it's like, "Who's that? Who's that Pokemon?" It sounds like a room of like thirty kids yelling at yelling at the same time. But there'd be these things just to keep you interested for the kids. So, you know, you go ad break, come back, you know, answer the question. There it is. Hmm. You don't have it on yeah. Netflix? Because I was watching, I watched, um, I found a clip online, but it had ad breaks. Oh, okay. Time. I think for this run, they cut them out yeah. just for the Indigo League series. Because for the later series, they do have that segment. Because it exists even now. Who's that Pokemon? And it's always... The Pokemon highlighted in the episode, so you know what Pokemon it is. <laughs> <laughs> Never a challenge. No. No, but remember, if you're Ash and he had to play this Who's That Pokemon, he'd look at that silhouette of, of Pikachu and go like, it's a Clefairy. No, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. It's a Zubat. Yeah, it's like, it's got to be like one of five that they actually do name in the episode. Or no, seven, I guess. <laughs> but still, it's not that furry ball of anger and hypnotism. Whatever no. I described it as. <laughs> <laughs> So we get this rap, and as we hear the music, we also get some scenes from upcoming episodes. This is, I, I think, our first look at Brock, right? Unless he shows up in the opening title. Um, he's in the opening. Okay, title, so he's in, least, yeah. so another look at Brock again, a character that we won't get to see in this episode. Yeah, he just wasn't named until I think later episodes. And I love how this rap winds down. <laughs> Did you notice he goes? 32 down, that's it for now. There's 150, so we'll have to watch Monday through Friday. He just bails on it. Bails on the song. 
Well, not only that, but it's like, all right, kids, watch us every day. No exceptions. For the rest of this rap, because I really need to know the rest of this rap. Uh, <laughs> for the next 19 years, never miss an episode. <laughs> you guys make fun of it now, but when I was like nine years old watching this show, I I went nuts over that rap. Oh, of course. We, we all did. Yeah. We're making fun of it now. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we're, make, we're making fun of it now, because we had that kind of, um, we didn't know nostalgia yet. About Pokemon. Yeah, we're living in the Pokemon world. Yes. And we're yeah. just Pokemon people. But that's it. Like, every, everything is so stupid. Like, again, when I saw the movie years, years ago, yeah, it was the hypest thing to see. We're mm. like, oh, we're going to see this movie. It's going to be amazing. Even though it, it gets to a very dramatic roller coaster at the end of it. And it isn't a typical kind of Pokemon movie. It, it is got some real drama inside there. Really? <laughs> you, you, you never seen it? <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> oh, go, go and watch it. it. It might be a little bit dated but it, it does have some real real drama in there uh, and for a kid to understand that it's 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 pretty complex uh, but that's the thing like you know we're living in the Pokemon world of all this kind of craziness and so you know we weren't cynical about it it was just well I wasn't cynical about it I was deeply into it you know you know, everyone had the soundtrack at some point playing on the CD players I gotta remember we have CD players didn't we back then yes or yes. mini disc players we hadn't really gotten to like, no. <laughs> you know, iTunes just yet. You had the CD, you got the uh, single, and you played it in your car or played it at your house multiple times. Because uh, you're hyped about that stuff, you know. That's how you live the Pokemon life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we all bought the game Pokemon Snap because it was just some Pokemon. Even though it was just like a rail-driven game where you take photos of Pokemon and that's it. Yeah. You know, oh you can agi- you can agitate them by throwing apples at them. <laughs> I remember that game. I still own a cartridge of that game. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. What was the one for Nintendo sixty four? Uh, a game where you just trained Pikachu and it had a uh, a microphone that clipped in. Hey, you Pikachu. That's okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is my- that the one that came with um the kind of? So you had a Hey You Pikachu, but it came with uh, uh was it a, a, a pedometer with Pikachu on it, like kind of like a Tamagotchi. Oh, was that a separate know. thing I'm thinking of? Because there was like a Tamagotchi Pikachu thing that you had to walk around with. That could have just been a separate thing on its own. I think so, yeah. Or it wasn't in our market. But it, it was funny. Mm. A friend of mine had that game. And it was just like, you speak. You just say a command like, come here, Pikachu. And then it would put it in a bubble and then throw the bubble at Pikachu. And it would like pop on it or something. And it would like obey your command if you trained it well. But it wasn't that great of voice recognition software. You know, it's just like, hey, you idiot, get over here. And the thing like won't listen to you. Well, it's in the title, Hey You, Pikachu. is isn't like, excuse me, Pikachu, could you come over here? That wasn't the title of the game. It was, right. Hey You, Pikachu. <laughs> it implies rudeness. It does. I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, you, had to, you had to wait maybe a couple of years later for um, Pokemon Stadium to come out, and that was the hypest game ever. Oh, you could actually take your Pokemon from your Game Boy and put them into the game. Yep. Oh, it was the best. I was, it was the hypest game ever. I was really into it. That's funny. Yeah, because like, you know, you've been training your Pokemon for so long, and now you can visually see a 3D rendering of your Pokemon beat the heck out of your friend's Pokemon. It's great. <laughs> yeah. All right, so just briefly back to the episode here. You know, the rap winds down. We cut to the closing credits. Uh, there's a, a couple of additional scenes, a replaying of the theme. And that's the end of the episode. But we should mention, we, we kind of mentioned them a little bit as we went through. Uh, notably absent from this episode, other than Brock are the series' primary antagonist, Jesse and James, along with Meowth, also known as the uh, criminal organization Team Rocket. And uh, Ash will meet them pretty soon in the story, right? Next episode. Is it an episode two? Okay, and then he'll just yeah, it's, be... Yeah, it's, it's, it's an episode two where he's um, at the Pokemon Center. 
Yeah, and then he'll just be dealing with them for the next <laughs> decade plus. Yeah, it's 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 he's a lot in life, pain, suffering, and violent antagonists. <laughs> yeah. Now Jesse and James are the two operatives of Team Rocket, which I guess is actually run by Giovanni, who is also the leader of the Viridian City Gym. Uh, in the original Japanese, Jesse is named Musashi, and James is named Kojiro. And in both the English and Japanese versions of Pokemon, their names in relation to each other are chosen for very specific reasons. Uh, in English, they're a reference to Jesse James, who was the infamous American outlaw train robber. In Japanese, the names Musashi and Kojiro are taken from the story of the famous Japanese swordsman Sasaki Kojiro, who was killed by his rival Miyamoto Musashi. So that's, that's why they, those two names are, are referenced there from another story about another person. <laughs> and I also read James, Jesse, and Meowth are based on a trio of villains from the series Time Bokan. <clears throat> and in that, there was a trio led by a woman named Majo, who thought she was the world's prettiest. And then there was a guy named Grocky, who was the brains of the group, but was also very whiny. And Meowth was said to be based on the character Warusa, who was the clumsy muscle of the group. <laughs> I wouldn't call Meowth the muscle. No, but that's, I guess, the, the character he was based on. I don't know. Yeah. My only issue with Team Rock is that they spend a lot of time on their um, opening slogan. Yes, yes. They always have the, a, the, the, a line there. Their it's presentation is... Yeah, their presentation is impeccable, but it's like, if you heard that start up, you look at your watch and go like, yeah, we can all leave now. Uh, they'll be on that for like 20 seconds, so we can all get out. <laughs> That's true. They're very dramatic about it. You know, I'm, I'm sorry there are other people in Team Rocket who are like, we don't even do that. You, know, you guys came up with that on your own. We all just go, hi, we're Team Rocket, we're here to rob you. I'm telling you, it's walking around in the woods, you got nothing else to do. And also, <laughs> like, this group of... I don't know how old they are. Definitely older than 10 years old. Yes. They've spent the last 19 years tracking down this poor 10-year-old boy to steal his Pikachu from him, <laughs> which they have done unsuccessfully. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You guys know this better than I do. Pikachu is not the only Pikachu in existence, correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah there's, there are plenty of them out there. So why, why do they need Ash's Pikachu? Is that ever clarified? Because it helps the plot. <laughs> yes, well, other than that. <laughs> that's literally it. I think that's literally the only thing. Maybe there might have been like a, a questioning of why, but to this day, I'm not sure. I don't know why they just go, well, let's go find someone else with a Pikachu. It's like spending uh, 20 years of your life trying to steal a spoon from your neighbor when you can go to the store and buy one. It doesn't make any sense. Well, here's the thing. It's like Pikachu's, you know, he's a, he's a strong electric Pokemon, but you can just go for maybe a Raichu. Yeah, if you go for a Raichu, you're done. Sorted. That's all you need. More powerful than Pikachu. <laughs> don't know don't know their logic. I mean, they just really had had nothing to do, and they decided, you know what, let's just chase this kid around. At least, you know, we can write it off as work. <laughs> yeah, really. And was there ever any rockets involved in anything they did? I think there was an episode where they used a rocket launcher. Oh, okay. I swear they also was. blast off into space. They do, involuntarily. Yes. Most of the time. <laughs> it's their shtick. They do, They'll they be do. defeated. Mm. And and they'll be like, oh, Team Rocket blasting off again! And then there's a little twinkle in the sky as they disappear. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. They they get blown up, but they seem kind of optimistic. You know, they, they keep kind of a positive outlook after they've been defeated. Yeah. 
They have to. they got to be used to losing by now. Oh, they do. All right, so that's the end of the episode. And so now, what are your thoughts upon going back and reviewing this episode for this episode of the podcast? So for me, it was great. It was just nostalgic. I wouldn't watch the series now for my entertainment. It's pretty childish. But it's nice to just relive my childhood when anything was possible, I guess. <laughs> and on the flip side, now that I'm older and watching the show, I know that nothing is possible and life is a useless useless place to live in. Yeah. Compared yeah. to the compared to the fun Pokemon world. No, uh, Wow. But, I'm sorry, that wasn't. That's not supposed to be bl- that bleak. Yeah, so it just, grim. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of optimism in this show, but um, yeah, looking back on it, I just, I just, I can see that it would be very confusing to parents. Like, I was hyped about it, and I knew all the stuff about Pokemon, but I can see that parents, if they're trying to understand their kids and get into Pokemon, this is not the episode. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it, it just leaves more questions for what the heck, the heck these things are and what the appeal of the entire franchise actually is. So I can understand why my parents were slightly bewildered by it. I mean, you could easily just break it down and go like, no, it's it looks like children's cockfighting. It just looks like that. That's what they're doing, yeah. right? Right? <laughs> um, but no, yeah, looking back at this episode, it's 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 flawed, but, you know, being a kid at that age, you know, I was, I was too beguiled by what Pokemon meant to me as a kid, you know, connecting with people and playing games and, you know, uh, running around with your Game Boy, being part of a group of people. Uh, and just enjoying this adventure, especially, you know, through the game itself, and then watching the TV show. So, you know, you had a kind of symbiotic relationship with the TV show and the game itself, where you're playing the game, trying to do what Ash is doing, and trying to be, you know, the best Pokemon master uh, there is. And you're going around beating gyms, you're beating people, using your Pokemon, training them up. You have a kind of, you know, not a relationship with your Pokemon, but you have a, a strong connection with which ones you like using the most. So yeah, it has this kind of um, connection to me as a kid growing up and you know, now being an adult and seeing that the craze is still around. Still, still very strong. Mm. Maybe driven by this nostalgia of the good times it used to have. But yeah, it, it's it's fascinating to come back to this episode and go, you know, this, this counted as entertainment. And I watched it every morning uh, before school. So, you know, while I'm getting ready for school, I'm watching the show. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> watch part of the episode, ad break, get my clothes on. Go back, watch the other part of the episode, then ad break. Yeah, get my bag and stuff ready. I had a good timing going on, watching the episode and then getting ready for school. (laughs) And for me, I had no connection to this growing up. I I think this might actually be the first episode I watched completely. I know a couple of times I I would go over to my friend's house and uh, their parents didn't have cable. So basically, it's whatever stations they could kind of pick up, and WB came in, like, very, very grainy. And sometimes they would watch it just because it was the only channel they could get. And yeah, I I never got into Pokemon. I never had that same uh, feeling of nostalgia about them, or I never memorized, you know, every one of them, or played the games. Uh, For me, just looking at at an episode, it was an adequate origin story. Uh, Raised a lot of questions as we got into. Uh, It it was okay. For the reality that it's in, it's fine. And I know it gets much better and the story gets a a little more rolling, I guess, as you go along to episodes 2 and uh, all the way to 930. But uh, yeah, it, it uh, it was a decent episode. Again, I'm not a fan 
I probably won't watch any more episodes, but I'm, I'm glad that we, we got to cover it, especially since it's now so in the public consciousness now, and, you know, this this pop culture phenomenon is having a, an improbable second resurgence the way it is right now. So, no, it was good. I'm glad you suggested it, Lily. Yes. And just for the record, Scott begrudgingly accepted oh, was, the concept I'm of doing. I'm teasing ya. I'm teasing ya. I'm, it was fine. I know. <laughs> 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 well, I, on the other hand, was just asked to come along, and I said yes. Well, I, I, I knew, Hamish, because we, we did a, a Rick and Morty episode recently, and mm. uh, you were talking about how you used to play Pokemon, because uh, based on Pokemon came the game Pocket Mortys not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. It's, it's a great parody on the whole Pokemon uh, genre itself. Mm. Uh, a lot more simplistic than Pokemon Go. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still playing it now. It it is again a distraction, and that's the thing about it. It's like this this game just kind of ties back into the old Pokemon formula, where it's just like, yeah, if I train him up and I do this and I get this guy to fight this guy and I got my elite Morty and all that stuff, you know, it, it's it's it, it kind of harkens back to that kind of era of my life, and I allow that to be there. Pokemon Go, on the other hand, it's like I can't go back to that well. I can't I can't I can't, I can't do that. It's kind you of know, its own thing too. That Pokemon it is it, it, it is its own thing. I mean, you know, it, it is interesting that even though it promotes you know people to walk around and you know, connect with other people, you had this ability to do this stuff way before this app turned up. You know, yeah, yeah. just it just took an app with the 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 coating of Pokemon over it to make you go outside and connect with other people. <laughs> there, there was nothing you you had these options to do it on your own free will. You could do it whenever you wanted to, but this app now has been created and now people act like it's changed her entire life and i'm sure it has it's, it's, it just seems odd that we needed need pokemon to do that <laughs> and you know this isn't the first app that's been like this it's just a pokemon skin over something that already existed mm. niantic had another app i forget the name of it but it was ingress, ingress right yes yes ingress and it uses the exact same geographical pokestop slash gym information mm. in that game oh. they just added the weak fighting mechanic that's in pokemon go right now and the catching mechanic that's also pretty weak <laughs> wow i mean it it is it, it is well yeah i mean when i looked at um pokemon go uh, my friend he he gave me his phone to stop catching Pokemon for him, and this is I'm I'm assuming this is cheating. He was driving around, and I was catching the Pokemon for him. <laughs> so oh, yeah, you know, I was I was being secretary for Pokemon, but yeah, yeah, it uses the, the same sort of idea. But there's no what I'm used to in old Pokemon, even in Rick and Morty, uh, the Pocket Mortys. Yeah, you fight people to level up your characters but in this it's just like you you catch pokemon and then you walk and then you go to a gym and that's the only place you can fight you can't just fight people on the street nope (laughs) not yet at least well i can fight people on the street i don't need an app for that yeah Yeah. i I would advise against it yeah walking around with a lead pipe kind of draws attention to me but i'm not saying i do that all the time sometimes i have to work but yeah you are a plumber we should mention yeah Sometimes I get trapped in another world, and I get a you know get my brother who kind of looks like me, and we have to go and save a bunch of people. It's a strange situation. I can't talk about it. It's crazy. <laughs> but no, it's it's interesting that you know the the abilities that we have as human beings, and then not utilize them until an app comes along, which forces us to do it. Like, in a way, well, it doesn't really force us; it gives us the option to, and we just kind of 
roll into it. It's just it's very interesting to me that we needed Pokemon. Well, people have needed Pokemon Go to connect with other people and find other people and you know be a part of something again. Even though you you, you could easily do this without the app, assumedly, right? You would think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's a strange world we live in. And we'll see how long this thing lasts. Uh, the perfect timing, uh, releasing it for the summer. At least here, anyway. I know it's kind of cold where you are right now, Hamish. Mm, almost winter. Well, I mean... Well, you could call it winter because it's cold, and yeah. it is winter, Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon was around, and I think... I did get into Digimon for a little bit, but because... This is the thing with Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go, you have to walk around, and your... What is it? You, your Pokemon egg or something? If you have an egg, hatches and all that stuff, and you can go fight people. Uh, Digimon, they made a, a, a Digimon thing where it was like a pedometer. Uh, and the Tamagotchi combined kind of thing. So you have your Digimon, and you had to walk around, because it had that little pedometer thing, you know. But if you just shook the entire toy, it would just count as walking. (laughs) But you had this pedometer, and you'd walk around, and it would start buzzing when you had to fight somebody. And you actually could fight other people who had this uh, Digimon thing uh, as well. Like, you'd have to put them together and then activate a function on your Digimon. This is, like, all on a circuit board, so it's very... (laughs) <laughs> old-fashioned huh. and then you had to fight this other guy so yeah i, I remember that a while ago i because i had one of them i got into digimon for a little bit that sounds cool yeah, yeah. me and my i think me and my mate were the only people we knew who had them because yeah, i think everyone else was still everyone was still in pokemon and, was, and then you had to buy a physical uh object for this thing so with the object itself you had to use it walk around and you had to meet other people and you could connect with other people and it's interesting i think it's a later generation digimon toy thing uh was a pedometer and game combined and you walked around and the time you spent walking around you'd bump into other characters like you'd randomly do it and you'd fight these people yeah hmm. I, I remember that as my first version i guess of pokemon go interesting yeah and you know the all these things kind of spawn imitators and competitors and i just saw recently now hasbro is promoting the yokai watch which is a device you wear on your wrist and you use it with you know it has some sort of augmented reality thing on its own uh, just basically trying to capitalize on this this huge pokemon go craze and it's funny to see the promoted tweets for it and people just kind of responding like you know you know, you're trying to rip off Pokemon Go <laughs> and all this stuff. So I don't know if it if it's that easy to make some headway in into this market. But, you know, it's just so dominated by this app right now at, at the current time that we're in. I think there's actually a companion piece for the Pokemon Go. Like, a, it's like a watch or like a... It looks like a, a drop pin for um, Google Maps. Yeah, it does. You're right. It is a watch. Thirty four ninety nine. Buy it at GameStop. So the Pokemon Go Plus looks like it is, as Hamish said, a watch where the face looks like a drop pin made into a Pokeball. What it does is provides... I'm just reading the features off of GameStop's item listing here. It provides an easy and convenient way to catch Pokemon and collect items. Catch Pokemon in the wild with a simple click of a button, uh, and it looks like you'll also be able to collect items from Pokestops through this watch without even having to open the app on your phone. I don't know how that's going to play in to the actual application and the flicking mechanic for catching Pokemon, but that's what it's saying. And they are currently just for pre-order, and they're going to be released in six days at the time of this podcast, so late July. Interesting kind of takes the fun out of it though that whole augmented reality thing with the app you know isn't it increasing reality <laughs> yeah <laughs> enhancing know? reality diminishing yeah. reality oh <laughs> it does look like you can wear it as a pin too oh, okay. like you can take it off the watch face 
And let everybody yeah. know that you're um, very focused on this app rather than their lives. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Greg, uh, I know your wife left you, but I have to get a Voltorb. That's just over there. Just quickly, there's also a Ratatat just near your foot. I'm just going to get that. Okay, cool. Stop crying. Uh, we'll see you around. <laughs> All right, well, that'll pretty much do it for this episode of Hitting Play. As always, you can email us with your comments, suggestions, how many you've caught, whatever you got for us at hittingplayshow at gmail.com, or you can talk to us on Twitter at Hitting Play. Uh, now, you guys have anything you want to plug? Sure. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at lilypushin 22 where I talk about video game-related stuff and whatever projects I'm working on. Uh, that's pretty much it. And if you want to find me, Hamish... This guy speaking now with his voice. You can find me on Twitter at Silent Hamish, Instagram Silent Hamish, Vine Silent Hamish. Uh, I'm on Facebook at uh, Silent Hamish Art. Uh, if you want my collection of Pokemon cards, let me know because I'm not doing anything with them. <laughs> I think I might have a couple of foil cards in there. Yeah, some of you lucky people want some foil cards. So yeah, if you want to find me or find some of the stuff I do, yeah, you can find me online. Very good. Uh, I am on Twitter. My name there is at MC and Friends. You can follow me there. I am also on Vine. There, my name is also MC and Friends, and there I do flip page cartoons, little humorous animations. You can check my stuff out there. If you listen to us on iTunes, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. It helps us out, and if you do, you will get a shout-out on the show. Uh, for Android users, we are also available to stream in or download on Stitcher. We can also be found on TuneIn Radio, as well as the Google Play Music app, and check us out on those platforms as well. Uh, if you have a Roku device, you can download the TuneIn Radio channel and set Hitting Play as a favorite. You can stream all of these episodes right as they're posted from your television. Well, we have been Hamish, Lily, and Scott, and this has been Hitting Play. Thank you so much for listening. And collect them all. Is that the slogan? Collect them all? I Catch believe them that's... all. No, I, that, 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 sounds, that sounds wrong. <laughs> that sounds wrong. I think it's collect them all. Collect them all, right? Yeah. Pokemon. Collect, collect them all. Pokemons. Collect every one of them. <laughs> That's the slogan. It just rolls off the tongue. Kids, I remember kids saying that. Pokemons. Collect them all.